Welcome to Review the Future, the podcast that takes an in-depth look at the impact of technology on culture. I'm Ted Cupper. I'm John Perry. And today on Review the Future, we are talking about a movie called I Am Mother. This is a uh, Netflix movie. You can go watch it right now. And you should, in fact, if you don't want us to spoil it for you, because that's what we're about to do. Uh, this is a science fiction movie uh, directed by Grant Sbutori and written by Michael Lloyd Green. That's right. Uh, and this is a pretty interesting sort of low-budget um, sci-fi movie, uh, sort of in the tradition of like an ex machina. Uh, and uh, we're just going to spoil the story for you right now. So uh, here it comes. Uh, basically, the premise of this thing is that you are watching a human girl being raised by a robot mother. So the very first thing you learn is that there's been some kind of human extinction event and we are located in this repopulation center where there's thousands of embryos and one humanoid robot and it picks an embryo out and uh, puts it in the incubator, makes a human girl and then uh, the first you know, part of the movie is basically this girl uh, being raised by this robot and told that she is uh, going to um, repopulate the earth. And as far as she knows, it's completely uninhabitable outside this facility and there are no other humans. But of course, that uh, perception of hers is exploded when she actually encounters another living human that is roaming around outside and eventually talks her way into the facility. And mm -hmm. uh, that's the one of the first major reveals. And there's several more after that, ultimately culminating in the horrible truth that in fact, the mother robot is responsible for the human extinction event and that this whole repopulation effort is really more of a uh, reset and redesign of the human race to make a better version of them. Uh, so it, you know, it's one of these stories that takes you on a journey where you're thinking one thing and then eventually end up in a, in a somewhat different place. Although uh, I predicted some of this as I was watching. I don't know, Ted, did you see it coming, the ending? Yeah, I mean, I think certain cinematic ticks that the movie has uh including the scary music that they play during a lot of the sort of touching mother daughter robot girl scenes up front uh makes you think well something sinister is certainly happening um and then i had this feeling throughout that it was strange to me how little surveillance the robot seemed to have access to given that it was you know basically in charge of this facility but then that turns out to be a dodge. Like, um, you know, later in the movie, we basically find out that the robot did know what was going on throughout, whether or not it literally had surveillance is not is not answered. But it, it knew everything and it was just allowing this all to happen because it's all part of its like, you know, elaborate 11 dimensional chess to like, you know, test its human subject to see if it's a good human or something. Um, and we'll get into the specifics of that later. That's where the movie sometimes didn't didn't fully work for me but uh yeah i definitely started to think that this robot was going to be um uh an evil robot on some level uh pretty early on yeah and that's uh, certainly the more conventional place for this to end up but uh the initial premise uh actually is it, in some ways uh more interesting the idea of a of a robot like steering uh humanity through this repopulation process although you know there are the signs like you said the lack of surveillance certain things that looked back on um, you realize wouldn't have made sense um, if given uh, like like the initial premise actually being true, um, right? And and you know they do 
give it away right away. So, um, you know, the first thing you see, right, is it's like one day since the extinction event, and we see a, a child being put through this super fast embryonic development process. It seems like it only takes a day to like grow yeah, twenty four hours to cook a baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> so that's like the first sort of fantastical like superhuman technology that we see, uh, and mm-hmm. we see a child raised, and we see it put through. Um, and and this part I thought was kind of interesting, like the robots like trying different things, like running sort of a learning algorithm. It'll sing one lullaby that doesn't work, so then it like switches abruptly to another one, right? Um, yeah. And, and and so we see this like this baby get raised, and then all of a sudden we you know we cut to black and we get a new title card uh, that says now it's been thirteen thousand eight hundred and sixty seven days since the extinction event. Now. Right. Be- only because I was watching this for the sake of this podcast did I actually pause <laughs> the screen there and I actually got out a calculator uh, and did did the division here, divided that number by uh, 365 uh, days per year. And what you discover is that, okay, after this title card, the daughter we're about to see should now be 38 years old. But we see right. her and, I mean, how old do you think she looks? And certainly but not- Clara Rugard is the actress. I think she's 21 and the, the girl looks, you know... N- no, no older than that, you know. So it's like a late the, teenager to me, like yeah, yeah, somewhere in the eighteen to twenty kind of range is where I would guess they are they are putting this girl's age. So if you have a calculator um, on hand, you might see the twist immediately, I suppose. Uh, right, right. And I didn't do, uh, do the division, but that number did seem long, and I just sort of stored it away in the back of my head. And then I was like, I don't know how many years that is, but it seems like a lot of them. And then I forgot about it, which is what the movie wants you to do. And then later when uh, there's a pretty dramatic scene when the girl pulls out one of the drawers of embryos and finds a whole bunch of them are missing. <laughs> and she realizes like there, are, there were previous uh, girls who were raised and they didn't uh, pass the test or whatever. And um, uh, they ended up in the incinerator in the basement. Basically. Which makes sense, right? Because again, we see the robot like try one lullaby, that doesn't work, try another one, using this trial and error approach. So it makes sense that the trial and error approach might just apply to on a certain level, an entire human beings, right? Uh, this, yes, this yes. Not and it might be out. hard yeah. to raise a child in isolation with just a robot. So you could definitely see the possibility that maybe these kids like went insane, or you know, uh, it's 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 portrayed as this horrible tragedy. And on a certain gut level, it's uh, terrifying to think of a robot, you know, culling children. Um, but it's not, it's not really explored uh, in the movie too much whether that was a good idea or not. I mean, objectively, had there not been an evil plot to uh, re-engineer human beings uh, from the beginning, that might have actually been a good strategy, right? Well, actually, yeah. So let, let's talk about the the assumed premise at the beginning, which I think is interesting, which is that, you know, right. humans... Right. In a way, it's almost more interesting, so we should focus on that. Yeah. Right. Humans might have uh, set up an insurance plan, right? Right. Uh, so we figure like, well, we're, we're going to die, or at least there's a chance. Maybe someone really forward thinking is like, well, there's some chance that we're going to have some extinction event. And so why don't we set up this, you know, this deep bunker, this like secure facility, uh, put some mm-hmm. human embryos in it. Um, now it's a little more of a stretch to imagine an AI of this quality being able to actually regrow the humans, but sure. I mean, for the sake of the mm-hmm. premise, like you might include that to me, the the slightly more plausible version of this, and something that we could literally almost do today, if someone wanted to, as like a nonprofit or something, is mm-hmm. you could say, "Look, humanity might uh, extinct itself, so why don't we take some human DNA, 
um, some embryos or whatever and put it in a really secure place, you know, on just mm-hmm. some obscure gamble that, you know, maybe a millennia from now, another life form or aliens finds it, at least some in that small way, like humanity persists, right? Sort of like long shot, like insurance plan that you could set up now with, with no AI technology. Um, oh, I see. Yeah. I thought you were going to suggest um, a, 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 a buried facility that has uh, embryos stored in it, but that has a small uh, human staff that uh, could live there and, you know, breed and like, you know, they just volunteer to live there forever just in case humanity dies. Like a, you know, mole people, basically. Like a small family of mole people. (laughs) If you could like convince people to to do that or something, or maybe like, maybe it would be like a rotating like tour of, of duty where you'd be like sent down there yeah like missileers in the air force you know the guys who uh sit there and and wait to press the button um right that's like a you know a tour of duty you have to be very you know you have to be chosen for it it's hard to get but then you're just sitting in a box for 24 hours at a stretch for a period of time yeah we always have to have some they don't make you do it forever some number of qualified people uh with Mm -hmm. with requisite skills in the deep bunker uh, right. Like ready to repopulate humanity in case of the worst scenario, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, That's what I thought you were going to say. I mean, yeah. Th- I mean, that yeah. is plausible to me. It's a little, you know, it'd be expensive, <laughs> but it, I, I feel like it could. We could do that if we wanted to. Yeah, and of course, if you have this like level of AI, then you could also, um, you know, you could you could maybe do this robot thing. Although, you know, the first like problem i have with this movie um you know from a sort of like nerdy like this doesn't quite add up perspective um even Mm -hmm. given the twist ending is isn't there like sort of an issue with like i mean i'm not entirely sure about this but with a human being raised by like something that just has this like metal expressionless face um like can that like can you develop properly if you don't have like a human face that's like reacting to your and mirroring like your emotions like would you be well adjusted in that scenario like it seems like you would want this robot to have more of a humanoid face with expressions or at least like a tv face that could like uh play yeah i'm surprised they didn't go with an animated face you know um they have this it's got these two lights that sort of move and that do a little bit of expression um but i think the robot was designed for cool robot look not for realism there um i agree i think it would have been a a tv face with like an animated humanoid face would probably work a lot better they do show that the girl has video of like old television and stuff like that so maybe that helps but uh right but i think she would be screwed up i think also i mean the interesting part of the early part of the movie is wondering whether this girl is screwed up and whether she has come out you know um well-adjusted or whatever you would call, <laughs> you know, not insane given that you're the only human on earth. Uh, right. I mean, if you, if the initial lie was actually the truth and she was being raised in this facility by a benevolent a- AI and there really were no other humans, um, she could still come out totally maladjusted. Right. I mean, that's a, that's a very unusual circumstance to be a human in. Um, and I thought they did a pretty good job up front of dramatizing that worry where the the robot is concerned with her ethics and her philosophy and sort of, you know, what she thinks about things. But we as humans are much more tuned into like, what is she doing? 
and is she a you know is she a good person um which gets tested when this uh hillary swain character shows up at the door and is you know is hurt or whatever um yeah i mean there could be i could certainly imagine another movie that was all about that all about her being maladjusted and the robot doing its best to adapt to that uh but like not maybe having some limitations to its programming or something uh that would be a much harder movie to write (laughs) but probably one i would like watching better at the end of the day but you know we get the inklings of that certainly in like the first half of this movie yeah that was my favorite part of this movie was the the first half really made me think about um some of the actual issues that might be uh embedded in like a robot nanny you know something that might actually happen where like you're not isolated from all of humanity you have parents but maybe the person who is doing the most of your child care is a robotic you know entity um and if that's the case yeah how does that affect you do you relate to humans differently um are you poorly adjusted or do you just uh, do you just adapt to that stuff i mean i'm not 100 percent certain that uh that that wouldn't work actually but it seems an interesting thing to consider Right. And she's again, she's being being given access to television. She's being taught ballet, I guess, like very and she's being like birthdays are being celebrated. So she's getting certain things to sort of like make her uh, a little more adjusted as a human being. But she's also getting uh, this like utilitarian ethics schooling. Right. Or at least that's the only lesson we see is this sort of classic, uh, you know, would you like murder one person to save five with uh, the organs type of scenario? Um, yeah, there's a lot of trolley problem sort of variations. And then uh, there's a final test that is alluded to throughout the movie and then is finally um, uh, given. And it's basically one of those um, one of those psychiatric evaluation tests. Right. I mean, it's it's presented in a kind of sci fi way with some stuff on screens and stuff. But uh, it seems similar to. Uh, those kind of tests that they give people to try to figure out, you know, if they have mental disorders. Right. Like, is she going to be effective or not? But I but I do like, is, is she a psychopath? I mean, I think that's what the computer is testing for or something along those lines. You know, is she mentally, you know, all there? Uh, I, I do want to like, like spend a little bit of time on this utilitarian thing, though. Right. Because that's obviously sure. gets echoed in the reveal. Right. Where, I mean, that turns out to, as far as, I mean, it's very sketchy, right? But apparently, uh, when we learn that the robot's motivation here is, like, to sort of save humanity from itself and, uh, like, kill all humans in order to make a better version of them, um, it's sort of justified by, from the robot's perspective on these same sort of utilitarian lines. Like, yeah, okay, we, uh, we killed all of humanity, but if we restart humanity better then, you know, imagine how big they will grow to be or how successful they will grow to be, right? So, like, that that original scene, which you think is, like, oh, it's just trying to teach her to think correctly and, and be ethical, is, like, really just, like, revealing, like, the robot's biases. And, like, that's the sort of that, like, extreme utilitarianism, like, is sort of the villain of the story in the background, I guess, right? I mean, that's always, like... I mean, it's right. It's a little bit like the the whole paperclip maximizer thing. It's like if like somebody at one point told this robot, like your goal is to like maximize like human life in the universe, and it's like, well, okay, we can do that, but first we got to push the reset button, and you know, right, over many right. millennia, we'll get to uh, uh, we'll 
will easily uh, come out net ahead of of this extinction, this temporary extinction I'm going to cause. Right, right. That was a little bit confusing to me as I was watching because um, it's from the from the robot stories. It seems like this facility was created in case of a extinction event. Then some AI became super intelligent and realized human extinction is inevitable. It did some sort of mm-hmm. calculations and it just couldn't see a way that human extinction could be avoided. So it decided to uh, take action, uh, speed up the process and, um, and engineer this better human um, uh, to replace humans uh, uh, now while it had the ability to do so. Um which you know, it's it yeah, it's it's like Skynet, it's like the paperclip maximizer. It's a it's a classic example of what's the Boston term for that? It's like value drift, right? Is that the term? Like where it it set it's set up to do one thing, and then in order to do the thing, it starts doing something else, and eventually, what it's trying to do is is different. Well, from or, or what it was set up for is that well, right? I. I'm not sure value drift. I'm not 100% sure like what the term would be for what you're saying. But like, I mean, value drift to me implies that like the objectives would change. But here, like the objective stays the same. It's just like, like, so the objective is so simply defined and it's so monomaniacal in its pursuit of it that. uh, Well, hang on. Is the is does the objective change? Because uh, this is what was confusing to me, because if the is the objective just to repopulate the earth in the in the in the. Uh, event of an extinction i mean i'm reading into this right because the movie doesn't tell us this so i'm imagining that the objective yeah was something like uh make sure like lots of human beings survive and flourish or something and the robot's like well they're all gonna die anyways unless uh and so and they're because they're fundamentally flawed so we're gonna have to start over to actually achieve this objective Mm -hmm. that's what i'm reading it's just strange yeah it's just strange because in a in an extinction event, the starting over would be a, a fait accompli, right? So it's weird that the, what the robot did was it like backed up from its goals. Like it's like I'm supposed to activate an extinction event, make humans flourish, but I'll just ex- activate now, create the extinction event, and then I'll make humans flourish. It's a it's it, it feels strange to me compared to the Skynet version of this, which is like they make a machine to protect the Earth. It realizes the biggest threat to the Earth are humans, which by certain metrics is true. And then it just extinguishes the humans to protect the Earth. But it, right? Like, it, it, it that's a, a situation where, uh, well, it's hard. The people didn't code the, <laughs> they didn't code the, the preference carefully enough and they weren't clear enough about what they meant. And then, uh, the, the, the robot follows logical. Right. No, I mean, I still uh, think this could be somewhat logical. I mean, I still think it maybe it seems like a stretch that the best way to achieve human flourishing is to push the reset button and not to work with what you've got. Uh, and no, the part that I'm uh, that I'm having trouble with isn't that though. The part I'm having trouble with is why is its goal to create human flourishing when its goal should just be react in the case of an extinction event? Oh, but but I, I'm, I'm guessing like, that why, wasn't it shouldn't goal. be active at all. I'm guessing that wasn't. It should just be a dormant thing waiting for an extinction where, event until but that goal isn't like the movie doesn't say that it has that goal i mean it, in the robot says it has that goal it could be lying though because the robot's lying about other things so this is part of what i was confused about oh i see okay yeah maybe i mean that was definitely like the assumed goal for the first half of the movie i guess i just wrote that off at a certain point as like oh that has nothing to do with anything right 
Um, that's just part that's of the That's just the lie story. that the robot's telling the... But so then that, that, that leads me to think that this robot in this facility uh, is, um, yeah, it's just a outgrowth of a larger uh, super intelligent AI that uh, emerged somewhere else and decided independently that it was going to cleanse humanity just for the fun of it. And then uh, constructed the facility, constructed the mother robot, uh, populated the facility, et cetera, et cetera, all under false pretenses. That's my, that's which, my reading of it, actually. Yeah, and I, I thought that was possible when I was watching it, but that struck me as very grandiose versus, um, you know, humanity having made this facility on purpose, humanity having made uh, robotics in general on purpose, and then uh, not realizing that uh, all their AI had sort of joined together into one super being and taken over the Earth and um, and then slowly started to sort of change its goals, which is... I guess my first assumption when I was watching the film, I realized both things were possible, but I was confused as to which it was trying to tell me it was. Well, um, and if and if it's that second one, then I have a little bit of a logic issue because I don't quite understand um, how the robot made the logical leap from I am supposed to activate in the event of this thing happening to I should cause this thing to happen so that I can activate. Right. Yeah, I think the first one's more consistent with the movie. I think the second one, had it actually followed through on that premise, would have been a more interesting alternate movie, right? Where it was told to (laughs) basically resurrect humanity. There was an unplanned extinction event that the robot didn't cause, but the resurrection process is fundamentally flawed because it was programmed by humans ahead of time, not fully grasping how that situation would go down. And then the robot does have some kind of value drift or something unintended uh, where it sort of turns evil during the process of doing its initial job of resurrecting humanity, right? Yes, yes. And that's that That brings up something I wanted to talk about, which is my, my favorite thing that this movie did during the first part of it was a purely metaphoric thing that it did. So this isn't a speculative thing at all, but I think we can bring it back. But it, it, it made this analogy that I really liked between... Um, the the AI and the girl's relationship uh, and a like sort of just toxic um, parent child relationship like a like a codependent or um, like overbearing parent and I started to get the sense early on that I mean there's this one line where she asks why there's only one of her and the robot says something like mothers need time. It's a very like vague line where maybe she's saying she need to learn how to do it, or maybe she's tacitly acknowledging all the dead uh, embryos in the in the incinerator or what. But what I liked about that was the idea that maybe um, this AI robot mother thing uh, has been like programmed to fall in love with the children it raises, and it just has value drift and basically doesn't want to let her go. <laughs> right, and that. It, it, it goes from being purely benevolent to being purely evil um, without changing its goal, which is just like protect and care for this child. And uh, that that was fun for me to think about because that's a cool metaphor to just like, you know, the complexity of actually um, having and raising children, uh, even if you're just a regular old fleshy human, um, because there is a, a, an amount of loving your child that's too much, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, I mean, there's all there's, sorts of ways for like, uh, well-intentioned parenting to go wrong, and it would be—it'd be, it'd be right. very easy for this movie to be about that. And ultimately, it's about these these twists, really. 
Well, it's about that for a little while, which I think is my favorite part of it. But yeah, I could have, I mean, the twists weren't as fun for me because I felt like each twist brought it closer to something I'd already seen before, as opposed to being on, um, like robot mommy dearest or something. Oh which, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I think we're talking. Uh, I was much more interested in actually. Yeah. I, I would rather watch this other version we're talking about. And the other thing about this story too, is like, this is another one of these stories where the twist means that, okay, so everything that you've seen, uh, now was orchestrated by right. uh, this AI. So that means, um, the early incident with the uh, power shortage and the mouse uh, where the mother pretends to be like shut down and asleep uh, or, or like right. this whole drama with the woman from outside who's apparently only allowed to exist. But this is what like the really final twist, right? Is that um, the sort of lone survivor outside that like comes to the facility. Right, the Hillary Swank character. Yeah, that, yeah. that basically reveals that the robot's been lying. Um, has yeah. been allowed to exist this whole time because all of these, all this is some sort of test, right? Or um, some sort of orchestrated thing that is there, I guess, to to make uh, the main child a better person in some way, like through some inscrutable. Yeah, that's very vague to me. Yeah, I did not understand how that could really be. I mean, it's a test. But what is the test trying to prove? Right. <laughs> and uh, there are a number of situations where they're hiding something from the robot in the facility where I, as a viewer, was just like, there's got to be cameras mm -hmm. everywhere. How is there not? Has the robot not cameras just everywhere? everything that's happening? Like, yes. With, yeah. Yes. And of course, the answer is it is, but it's just letting it all happen and playing dumb, which is logically consistent. But I did not understand because some of the things that it lets happen include like um, the woman fashioning a weapon and then using the weapon to uh, disable the robot, right? Oh. And of course, the the AI uh, controls other robots and is like sort of diffuse around the world, which is realistic. So I get why the robot might just not care about that particular robot um, and might let her kill her just to um, prove to the daughter that, you know, that she has some autonomy or something like as part of her, her whole deception. Um, but there's a bunch of these things where they're, they're, uh, they're conspiring and then the robot acts as if it doesn't know. Um, and it's just to, to make all of that into 11 dimensional chess, um, is I think a big ask because at the end of it, it's not as if the result of all this has made the daughter see that the robot is right or, you know, it, it, it'd be one thing if the robot wins but in a way it kind of doesn't well it makes her like her one of her her final acts is to is to kill the robot sort of symbolically i mean or at least kill that one body or to break that body right but this is after she already knows that it can live in any robot so what she Earth gains i guess is i mean what you could say she gains is some kind of independence right like she's become an adult uh well and she runs off with the baby brother right so she that's a very direct show of independence right. she's going to go and raise the brother on her own so i without so i robot. guess you could say this whole thing was orchestrated to give her some sort of challenge so that she could become confident and independent enough to uh raise humanity by herself i mean that's my that's my charitable reading of it but i it, this is something you see in movies all the time where you have all these chaotic events and then you say oh this like super villain or superhero like orchestrated it all but it's like those events were so chaotic it's like it's really hard to swallow right 
Yeah, I agree. I, it just doesn't make sense to me that this is the 11 dimensional chess that you would play if your goal was to like, you know, raise a human in isolation. Um, especially since it ends with her leaving the facility uh, with the, uh, the brother. And so they're extremely limited in how much repopulation they can do versus if they stayed in the facility with uh, thousands of embryos right. and an incubator machine. Right. So if she were somehow able to hack the facility and lock the doors and lock out the, the AI from the facility and then, you know, start raising a giant family in there, that maybe is a more interesting ending to me or something. But um, yeah, I find it hard to believe that this brilliant AI with its brilliant plan, like the, the result of the brilliant plan is like your daughter hates you, steals her brother and runs off into the woods and, and you say, oh yeah, that was all my plan. I just wanted her to be uh, more independent. Well, it know. seems like you would need to do a little bit more handholding uh, like maybe, maybe you did, let's just assume, take it for granted that she, she raised that one woman well, and she's going to be like a good, like first mother, uh, herself for humanity. Uh, but right. that's just, it just seems like, uh, the robot's going to need to do a lot more now. I guess they're still around. So maybe they're going to like sort of in a more shadowy way, like watch this tribe of humans and, and like sculpt their behavior, um, in an ongoing way. Um, again, I guess we can read, we can read that into it, but, um, yeah, I also get the impression that the facility itself will continue on, right? I mean, uh, one of those robots from outside will come inside, and uh, the AI will start raising humans again, won't it? Like, the very next day? Uh, maybe. Um, I'm not sure. Why I mean, it depends it? whether that was a... I guess it depends on what its plan is, but it it seems like if it wanted to continue experimenting with humanity, it could do so. I mean, it's sort of fun to speculate on these things, but I also, um, I don't know. I would like more clarity on this, to be honest, right? Like, like I mean, this is yeah. one of those things where the filmmaker could say, like, it's up to your interpretation, you know, and isn't that wonderful? And I'm like, no, <laughs> I would actually like to know uh, a little bit more in this particular case. Well, I have to say, I was not rooting for the girl to run off with the baby boy at the end, because... Uh, we've seen what the world is like. It's just a spilled container ship hellscape. And excuse me. Well, they're building like they're growing cornfields or ah. something, right? Like, like the robots like rebuilding it. Yeah, the robots are building um, some kind of crops, and then we saw, uh, you know, the Hillary Swank, the one human that we know of, it's living out in the world, is just like living in an old container that spilled off of a container ship on a beach. There's no human society. There's very little resources. It's not poisonous like the girl was told at the beginning, so you can live there. Um, but uh, it seems like a particularly desolate and horrible place for a single young girl to be raising a single boy uh, in. Um, you know, I mean, and this is a problem I have with a lot of just post-apocalyptic stuff, which is that... Uh, you know, the likelihood of um, humanity beating the odds here and, and coming back from these two parents or whatever um, that are also brother and sister and she's also raising him. And I don't know, there's this all this complexity to it. it does. It just seems kind of nightmarish and like uh, like no good comes of this. Like the robots have basically already won. They'll 
beat them forever. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not a I happy don't know. ending. It definitely does not feel like uh, like at the end, like humanity triumphs in any meaningful way in this thing. Which I, I don't know if the movie's attempting that or not. But or what um, has the robot? It feels like what it has is. the robot really accomplished? I mean, look, this girl, right? Uh, she seems to be intelligent. She seems to be in good physical shape. We see her do uh, like surgery, like efficiently. Um, yeah. So sure. I mean, certainly she seems like maybe a a pretty high quality example of the human race, but she doesn't seem like you know so amazingly awesome that like you know th- this is like justifies starting over to like achieve this result. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, right. it's all very, yeah, she seems pretty naive and, you know, competent. Um, but I agree. Yeah. It, it, she doesn't seem like a super person. Uh, so if this is a genetic engineering experiment to like make humans perfect, it doesn't seem like it's over. Um, well, and wouldn't you think that a robot that was trying to like remake humanity might use some more direct means? Um, again, we don't, th- there could be a lot of genetic engineering and in, informing those embryos. I, I imagine that's pretty easy to imagine that that's the case. Although we don't get any details on that, like what are these humans been selected right. for? But you could also like, I mean, there's no like brain implants. There's no uh, use of drugs. There's no, um, I don't know, like like what is really being done here to make humanity better? It's not super clear other than like basic, you know, college level philosophy. Uh, <laughs> and, and that's right, it, right? Right, right. Psych tests and like, yeah, going over, you know, stuff that's been part of the human intellectual canon for some time. Um, I, I, I think, um, you know, the, okay, the one last thing that I thought of that, that uh, doesn't quite add up with the whole 11-dimensional chess thing, right? Because to me, it seems like the weakest scene that I can't explain away. Do you remember the scene where the robot uh, tortures the uh, lone survivor uh, from outside? Yeah, um, yeah. And ostensibly, the point of that scene is, uh, I'm going to torture you. You're going to tell me where the other human survivors are so that I can go there and exterminate them. That's the surface level reading. But then now we go back and we say, okay, the robot was allowing that survivor. The robot has presence everywhere, probably knows exactly how many humans are out there. So why this weird torture scene to get information that the robot doesn't need? Well, not only that, all that's true, but also the humans themselves are a lie uh, that Hillary Swank told Correct. to the girl, right? And the, because, and the robot would know uh, that. So those humans don't exist. So what that implies, the reason that seems so bad is because it implies that for that moment, Hillary Swank actually fooled the robot. But then later, when the robot shows up at Hillary Swank's uh, container ship, and says, uh, it's almost like someone allowed you to be here, basically, implies that she has allowed her to live this whole time. Um, those Only one of those can be true, <laughs> right? I mean, either, either that whole torture thing was just a show for the benefit of the girl, who I don't even I don't think, think is she present at that it. moment. I think she's off screen. She doesn't witness it, so it's just a show so that the girl will, so Hillary Swank will tell uh, Clara Duggard later? I mean, the, honestly, the I only... Guess? I mean, that's... That's the most charitable thing. I the can think only of. explanation I can think of is that something about that uh-huh. torture scene was trying to get Hillary Swank to do some other bit of behavior that in turn was supposed to get uh, the, the main character to do some other bit of behavior and some sort of like weird chain reaction that the, but it just doesn't, right. but none of that's ever yeah. explained. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't really add up. I think that's a place where they got ahead of themselves with their gimmick and they just weren't able to make it make sense. They just want you to, 
feel that this robot is evil, so it sticks its robot finger into her wound or whatever. But, um, you know, I don't know that you need that to think it's evil when you find out it's a genetic engineering um, apocalypse cause. Yeah, I think I think we we got that it's evil. <laughs> that trumps that a little bit. <laughs> All right, so we so I mean we're 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 being critical at the moment. Should we grade this thing? Uh, yeah, let's um, grade it. Let's grade this movie. I mean, look, I'll be honest with you. I didn't love this movie. I mean, I wanted to watch it because a bunch of people had told me about it, and you and I decided to 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 review it. And I watched half of it, and I a life event intervened, and I had to pause it. And I was after I paused it, I was like, I don't want to go back. I don't want to finish it. <laughs> it really like it had too many of these um, just sci-fi cliches. For well, me, if our audience personally. feels that way, then I'm sorry we made you watch it. I guess I I, I don't think. Um my viewing experience was as unpleasant as yours. Uh, like I, I had a fine time watching it. I, I still have all the criticisms I've just listed of it. And I don't certainly don't think it's a sure. great movie. I think it hints at a better movie that it doesn't become, which is sort of frustrating. Um, yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, it's above average in some, or well, although I used to say that, but it seems like there is better science fiction out there these days. So, um, yeah, I think if this came out 10 years ago, I think I would have been like, oh, this is, you know, they thought about some of this stuff. There's some hand waving and some. But now I feel like with um, as many movies and TV shows as are out that do a good job really thinking through these issues. I don't know. This one felt to me um, a little underbaked, although I will say that I did really like in the early part of it, the the just the ways that the robot was kind of like just an overbearing parent. And I, I think I liked that enough that I I still want to give it like a B minus mm-hmm. or something. I mean, it's not a C. And, and the filmmaking is good. It's obviously a lowish budget movie, so the effects are not super spectacular. But um, uh, the acting is good. And I think that it's... Uh, I think it does a pretty good job of like using what it has to create a believable world. I will admit to a snickering the first time she walks outside uh, when it's just all fog, mm-hmm. right? That's a thing. <laughs> I will admit to just being like, I was just snickering and just being like, yeah, I couldn't afford a set. It huh, could guys? have been even more <laughs> low budget, stayed in the facility, and I think told a more interesting story. Uh, I agree. It, again, yeah. it would have been way, way harder to write. Uh, psychologically, because you couldn't lean on all these twists. You'd have to, you know, actually, like, grapple with, like, what does it mean to have, like, a human raised by themselves by a robot and, like, actually play that out? Well, I've got got a twist pitch for you. Here's here's the twist I would have pitched if someone had wanted me to do this movie. I would have started it similarly, where you're in the facility and you don't know that much, and uh, she's raising the girl, and then um, the robot's raising the girl, and then... um, I would have the twist be that the facility got started um, in error somehow and the world is fine. Mm. Um, the humans are not dead and robots exist with humans in the world. And, uh, you know, maybe there's climate change or maybe it's like worse than our world in some way that we find believable or maybe there's been a war or something. But um, basically, it's just about this robot mother that cooked up a baby fell in love with it because it was programmed to do that um, and didn't let it out. <laughs> so basically it got... 
And and then she gets out and she finds out that there's a whole world out there that, you know, she would have been fine in um, and has, you know, deep resentment toward the mother. But maybe also the mother did a good job raising her. So maybe, you know, she gets over her resentment, too. I, I don't know. I To me, that's some more. No, interesting I like story. that. Uh, so, I mean, but just to be clear, so like it, they got a false like uh, s- extinction signal or something at the facility. Right. Something like that. Uh, yeah. And it like went into full go yeah. mode. I mean. The other thing you'd have to wave away is like, why did no one on earth for 18 years? Although you could make the girl for tell that story. Maybe you like have the girl only make it to 12 or 13 or, or even or pretty right. young because um, you could still tell a right. pretty full story. But then that's still like, you know, 12 years that uh, nobody realized this facility was like active. But I, you could you could wave that away. I'm, I'm sure somehow. I, I can I can explain that, though. Like, uh, you know, maybe the facility's buried, so it's not physically obvious and maybe there was like maybe there was some kind of war maybe that's why it triggered so maybe uh you know maybe an, even a nuclear no bomb went off, up, let's say right because they're they're struggling and nobody followed up because it was right it was an area that got conquered or something and what happens is you know halfway through the movie uh some russians open the door and they're like oh we didn't know anyone was right here. sure like whoever like like top secret military officials <laughs> whoever took in over charge of this are all dead now yeah right Right. The people who had started it were dead. The thing got started. It was hidden enough that it went for, let's say, 12 years. And, uh, you know, obviously it's easier to cast a 20 year old, but um, but whatever. And uh, and then at some point, the fallout is uh, no longer poisonous. And the people who've taken over that part of the world uh, come and knock on the door. And all of a sudden, um, you know, everything this girl thought she knew turns out to be a lie, but not an intentional lie. Um just uh, the best information that this uh, robot had. <laughs> and maybe then over time, it got more and more attached to her. And as she got more and more curious and wanting to like explore, it got more and more protective until it actually like crossed over into lying to her and, and keeping her there. Um, uh, something like that. I don't know. I feel like there's something that deals with a lot of these same themes that you could do that never goes to Skynet and uh, doesn't, you know... It doesn't end up in this place that we've been in so many times. That's, I guess that's my biggest issue with the movie. I, I think there's some pretty cool stuff going on, but that was, uh, that I, was I endorse that, that readout, get over. Uh, uh, or that rewrite. Uh, I mean, what would you have a different <laughs> name for? So what do you think of I am mother or would we call this like fallout or some other different name? Uh, oh yeah. No, my issue with the title was I felt like, um, I felt like the, mo- the movie is not mother's movie. If the movie were, from the first person perspective of a sad AI who is, mm-hmm. who's sad that their, her daughter's growing up. Um, I would be totally down with that, but the movie is, should be, I am daughter, right? Because I mean, the movie, is, the movie that he made is all about the daughter and she's the main character and it's her journey. And ultimately mother is just this, you know, um, looming negative force. Uh, so I don't know the rewrite version of it. Um, maybe, you could still call it I am mother or maybe you just call it, uh, I guess you can't just call it mother cause there's that, uh, Darren Aronofsky movie with the same name. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'd have to think about the title. Maybe there's a better title. Out there. Uh, well I would watch that movie. Uh, but anyways, uh, our listeners can tweet at us if you have a better title for my real Yeah. Or movie. just let us know what, what you think is. of this movie in the first place. Uh, yeah, yeah, we'd love um, to hear it. Again, I, I hope that people enjoyed it somewhat. I I mean I enjoyed it somewhat. It sounds like it was painful for you, Ted. And so uh but at least 
Well, I, I, I can be, uh, sometimes I can get a little uh, bratty about movies like this because they're, you know, it's, it's, um, I almost would rather watch a movie I just ha- hate right. <laughs> than a movie that gets as close as this gets I to agree. something I like and then doesn't quite get there. Um, but yeah, what would your, what would your grade be? I gave it a B minus. I'd give it a B minus. That's about where I was thinking. If I felt like, like more, yeah. uh, charitable, I'd give it a B. I think this is, is this a first time film? I mean, I don't actually know that. I think it might be. I, I think this guy's like a first time or maybe second time director. I, unfortunately, I don't have it in, right in front of me. But um, yeah, I think he's a relatively new director and writer, uh, the writer as well. Um, and uh, I definitely would watch something else from these two guys. I think they are interesting uh, dramatists and clearly they're thinking about some interesting sci-fi issues. I hope that they expand their oeuvre a little beyond like the cliché um in the future all right well on that note uh let's wrap it up for uh this episode okay so until next time i'm ted cupper i'm john perry and you've been listening to review the future to subscribe or leave a comment on this episode please visit reviewthefuture.com you can also send emails to feedback at reviewthefuture.com thanks for listening